Hi, welcome to Travel Time. On this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Hilton Head Island in South Carolina. This is a place that we have been going every year for quite a while, uh, about 20 years or so. And so we have a lot of a lot of history here, but I kind of kept the favorites for this year. So there are a few things in this one that we didn't necessarily do this year. Some things that weren't open yet still due to COVID or weren't one place wasn't open yet due to remodeling. So this is kind of a collection of some of our favorite things and just some comments about them. First, if you've never been to Hilton Head, it is shaped like a shoe. So a lot of times kind of like a sneaker. So a lot of people will describe where things are on the island in terms of a foot. Kind of like you often hear about things in Michigan based on where they are on the hand. So kind of similar that way. We usually stay at the Barony Beach Resort on Port Royal Plantation. It's shaped like a sneaker. We're kind of in the heel when we stay there. So we love this resort. We've been staying at this resort since it was built. So we were some of the first people in that timeshare. My parents actually own there and we visit them every year. Um, over Generally over spring break, so it's nice. The resort's really well landscaped. It has a couple of garden condos that are a short walk to the beach with a garden pool that has um, like water features and things in it. And then it also has two that overlook a courtyard but are a very short walk to the beach and two that overlook the ocean or are in, are in the buildings that overlook the ocean. So the beach is literally like right there. Got several pools. So in addition to the water feature pool by the garden ones, they have a heated indoor pool, a heated outdoor pool that's very, very small, right next to the main building. And then they have a large kind of beachfront pool um, with a little gazebo in it and a zero entry area um, that is a really nicely landscaped area. During non-COVID years, they typically have a lot of activities like crafts or tours that you can sign up for and games. So if you're there and maybe somebody in your party doesn't want to go on a tour, but they have a group tour, you can go. We, when the kids were little, we a lot, a lot of times did the crafts. They have some kind of fun crafts like sand sculptures and things like that that they've done in the past where you can kind of take mosaics and um, put them on a sand sculpture and then when the sand, it dries, it's like kind of like hang on the wall. At one point it had like a pirate scavenger hunt they would do or they will put together little small tournaments of like volleyball or bocce, things like that during the week. Generally, there's some little fun things. There are also things... And we still had these during COVID. They had some things like a ice cream sundae. You could come get ice cream sundaes at the front desk or special coffees or things like that. So, you know, keep your eye open if you do stay there. If you stay in a similar kind of place, a lot of times they'll have some little fun things in resort that aren't terribly expensive, maybe 2 or $3 each to do. Just a nice way to just kind of stay in and have fun, but also have some kind of other experiences while you're there. They do always have bike rentals on site. So some years we rent a bike and you can do it for the day or for the week. So if you're going to be riding a lot, it's a really good deal to get the weekly one. And then you can ride the, the entire island is covered in bike paths. So not only is there a lot of places to ride right by your resort, or you could ride on the beach, which personally I find much more difficult than riding on ground. You can ride basically all the way down to the end of the island and back. There are trails back within the different plantations on the island. There's really no shortage of where you can go. Um, a lot of times when I was younger, before I had the kids or my husband, I would go with my parents and if they were playing golf, I might go out and ride my bike for several hours on the island. It was, it was really nice and the bike paths are definitely really nice. They do have kids' bikes as well, and they have bikes with baby seats too. We have used all of those at some point during our mini journeys. 
The pool by the beach also has a little bar and grill there that's called All Y'alls. They have a lot of kind of standard poolside restaurant fare, like chicken fingers, salads, shrimp. I think shrimp, I think shrimp tacos is one that the boys get a lot. Uh, my favorite non-alcoholic drink is the sweet tart. You can also get full bar type stuff there. The beaches in front of it are also great for volleyball. So they have a, some sand dunes there and there's kind of a natural break where there's beach in between two sets of sand dunes and they have volleyball courts set up there. There's lots of rooms on the beach for um, sand sculptures or a walk on the beach. One of the things I really love about Hilton Head is unlike some of the more commercial beaches like Myrtle Beach, the beaches aren't super packed all the time. There are portions of Hilton Head where they're a little more packed, like Caligny Beach tends to be a little bit busier because it's a public beach as well as a resort beach. Like where we stay, sometimes it will get a little bit busy, but it's never so busy you can't play a game on the beach or like some people will bring tennis rackets and play that. Our favorite game is Tidal Ball, um, which is a game where you dig a small hole in the sand and then you dig a ring around a half ring around that sand and then you toss small balls to try to get them in the hole kind of like cornhole beach style i guess without the without the uh boards that you throw onto we like it for that reason generally a lot of people can um, ride bikes on the beach and things like that it's not so crowded you can't do things like that we do a lot of walking on the beach, and if we walk from where we are further down to the heel, it's, it's a really nice walk, not congested, like I said. That's a part of the beach where there are a lot of houses up by the beach, but they're back kind of over a little salt marsh. So it's real, it's real quiet down there, not a lot of people hanging out down by that part. There are a lot of birds you can see if you, if you like to spot a lot of the different seabirds. There are brown pelicans and cormorants, double-crested cormorants hanging out. Generally on this one little rock jetty they have, there are usually a lot of birds just kind of hanging out there as long as, as well as tons of sandpipers and sanderlings and short, different kinds of shorebirds, things like that. So if you like those kinds of things, there are tons of those kinds of things you can see in that part. This year we did two things we'd never done before, or rather visited two places we'd never gone to before. So one was Fish Hall Beach, which is kind of around the corner of the heel <laughs> on the north side of the island. It is a little bit closer to the mainland than barely, but it's the landscape of the beach from what we were, we've only been there once or twice. The locals were telling us that basically they can come two days in a row and things change from day to day. That area of the beach has sandy beaches. It also has kind of a rocky area. The beaches aren't as wide as over by the barony, but they do have kind of a salt marsh that stays and part of what changes is sometimes the tide leaves a bigger salt marsh and sometimes it leaves a smaller one according to the kind of size and the kinds of fish that get left behind with the tide until the next day uh, the, the mix of birds and things changes as well so there's there's just a lot to see there we saw oh like four or five different kinds of herons and aigrettes um, tricolored herons and green herons, um, in addition to kind of the great aigrettes and great blue herons that you typically see a lot of. Um, we even saw a bald eagle. We were looking at this little spit of land that had st stuck out into the ocean, and there were a ton of pelicans and other birds on that island. And then all of a sudden, they all took off and flew away, and we were kind of wondered, what scared the birds? And then we look over, and there's a bald eagle sitting in the middle of the island. It was kind of like, yeah, that would do it. 
but it's just a really pretty beach. Um, there, there is room to play and things like that if you're taking kids there, but there's, it's just a really nice beach to just kind of walk on and see the different salt marshes. There's also some seagrasses growing along there. So there's just a really wide diversity of what you can see in that little tiny area of beach. Lots of people walking their dogs and things like that. Pick, Pickney Island is a new treasure we found on this one. It sits just off the bridge, so when you're coming over the intercoastal highway onto the highway onto the island, um, it's a national wildlife ref- reserve and has 14 miles of trails all through it that you can go hiking and bicycling on. No cars allowed on the island, just on the parking lot, just before the island. Um, it's just beautiful. I thought it was really nice and relaxing. There were a lot of people hiking and biking, but it was still really quiet and enjoyable to walk through. Um, I won't say you necessarily felt like you were alone because you saw people here and there around there, but everybody was just kind of enjoying nature and enjoying the walk. We did not do the whole 14 miles of trails. We did maybe um, three or four miles of trails and then kind of looped back. When you first enter, there's a, a long piece where you cross a salt marsh and just gorgeous. You can just see salt marsh way off in each direction for quite a while while you're walking in. Right after we got past that, we hit, and I, I'm not positive how to say this name, but Ibis Pond or Ibis Pond. And in the middle of that pond was a small island with literally hundreds of aigrettes building nests and nesting and the trees and shrubs all over it. And when we were there, they were in the middle of building their nests. So aigrettes were literally filing 20 feet in front of our face, going over and putting up, building their nests, and then going back out to get more materials. You could just see so many birds, cattle aigrettes, snowy aigrettes, bright aigrettes. And we, we stayed there for quite a while, just watching them build their nests, just marveling at kind of how many birds there were <laughs> in those trees. And it was just such a gorgeous sight because you've got all these like small trees and bushes. And it was like little, as you're approaching, it looked like little dots of cotton all over it. And as you got closer, you realize, oh my gosh, those are actually large birds all over those um, bushes. So that was really cool. Um, we also walked back to a couple other ponds like Osprey Pond um, and a couple others and really just enjoyed the scenery, um, enjoyed the views off into the ocean from several places. One of our perennial favorites, so I mentioned that was one of the things we did for the first time and I, you know, going for 20 years or so, we've never, we've always seen the island and never stopped there. So that was kind of crazy. But one of the things we absolutely do every year is pirate golf. Um, we have played all the islands courses over our many years there, but Pirate Golf is the one that we go to every single year. It's the best hands down. It's got a blue course and a yellow course. The blue course is easier. The yellow horse is very challenging. They've actually recently changed it, so it's a little bit less challenging, which is probably good because even the avid golfers in our group um, found it extremely challenging. <laughs> We play the blue one the most often, but it, but when we go multiple times in a year, we a lot of times we'll play the white one as well, or the yellow one as well. There, the theming and decorations are not only really beautiful and kind of very well done. The theme is carried throughout the whole place. There's little um, stories on the signs as you go through to like kill time if you do happen to be in a line. Because we go in the spring, I think it's probably not as packed as the summer, and so we don't always have a a lot of people waiting. It is kind of fun if you have those and lots of picture opportunities. The other thing is a lot of places will do all that theming, but then not keep it up, and they keep it up beautifully. Area is always just really well kept up. 
there you don't not kind of walking through there going gosh they haven't painted in years and things like that the grounds are just very nice so I highly recommend it the people that work there are amazing one thing we do a lot of times is my parents because they go for two to three weeks will sometimes get like a pass so they can um, like a monthly pass and they can come as many times as they want in a month so if your family's really into mini golf um, or you want to go a lot of times that can save you a bit of money I will also say that they sometimes have coupons on their websites that you can print before you leave home and take with you for a dollar off a game or whatever. And just really encourage you to check it out. It's right in the Shelter Cove area. I'm not sure if it's technically in Shelter Cove, but it's just past where all the Shelter Cove things are going south. So if you're checking out any kind of mini golf, I would definitely check out Pirate Golf. Like I said, we go every single year. I have pictures there when my kids were barely old enough to carry a a golf club and I have pictures all the way up to now when they're six feet tall and hanging out there. Another favorite activity of ours is the beach itself obviously. Uh, like I mentioned it's not quite as congested as a lot of other beaches can be. Like we, we love to play bocce on the beach or tidal ball. Tidal ball is mainly our favorite. A lot of people flying kites and things like that. There's plenty of room for those kinds of things. Lots of dogs walking on the beach if you're a dog person. Don't worry, most of them are leashed if you're not a dog person. So um, that's nice to check out too. Sometimes if it's overcast, needing a break from the sun, we may go off island to tan the Tantra outlets. Um, they are just across the intercoastal Rada waterway in Bluffton. Or we might head towards the, op the southern side of the island and go to Caligny Praza, which is a little collection of shops and restaurants. Sometimes at Caligny Praza, we'll just browse around and have lunch at one of the little restaurants there. There's a little Greek restaurant that we like. I think it's called It's Greek to Me. The other thing you can't really talk about a week at Hilton Head without talking about is restaurants, of course. There are quite a few restaurants that are really good. I'm just including some of our favorites here. We've definitely eaten at some other places. Our absolute favorite is Skull Creek Boathouse especially eating on the deck is really a nice evening. A word of caution, they do not take reservations and they are extremely popular. So if you're arriving for kind of a mid evening or late dinner, like if you're trying to have dinner at six and you arrive at six, you're probably not gonna get seated till seven or after. So the, it is not unheard of to have long waits there. So I would advise getting there well before when you want to eat to make sure you can get a seat. But you'll get a seat either way. You'll just have to wait a little longer. My boys and my father um, love the jambalaya the most. It's their favorite dish there. I personally love the view even more than the food. But I will say that they have really good hush puppies and kind of like a cinnamon butter that they serve with them that is really good. Generally, the food there, obviously seafood heavy since it's a, a boathouse restaurant but it's low country inspired. So a lot of the dishes are very kind of like the jambalaya or they might have a shrimp boil, things like that. So you'll see a lot of those kinds of things there. Main Street Cafe, it's another place we go to every year. They are closed on Saturday and Sunday as a word of caution. So if you're checking them out, check them out during the week. Um, they have a good selection of Southern inspired sort of dishes and it's just a really relaxed atmosphere. So it's not a fancy place to go, but the food is really good. It's just a nice casual setting and it's not huge like some of the other restaurants. So it's a little more intimate, 
sometimes more quiet, depends on if they're watching a game, if there's a big game going on. Giuseppe's is another one we go to pretty much every year. That one's a relaxed restaurant with Italian dishes and pizza, so different kinds of pasta, Italian sandwiches, things like that. Very casual Italian, definitely not like a fancy Italian. It's very popular as well, so I would say be ready to wait a little. Most of the time we have to wait 20 to 30 minutes to get in there. I don't think we've ever had to wait longer than that. I could be wrong, but at least when we've gone, we haven't had to. It's also a good place. Um, so we go during spring break, which a lot of times there are NCAA games going on and things like that. They usually have those playing if you're eating inside or outside. And so if there's a big sporting event, they probably have it on a TV there. Um, not really intrusively so that like the volume's way turned up, but you can follow it while you're eating if that's important to you. So we also, one new place we tried this time, actually I've eaten there before, but it's been a really long time. We, we ate at the Salty Dog Cafe and enjoy, really enjoyed their menu and service as you might expect with the Salty Dog name. Um, it is heavily seafood, but this one I like because I don't eat seafood but there was plenty to pick from from a non-seafood perspective whereas that's not you always the case at every seafood restaurant and they they do a nice job with that there were plenty of sandwiches and things i could pick from they have one that we ate this time at the one at tanger outlet but there's one on south beach on the very far end of the island that is it has really beautiful water views and it just sits right on the edge of the coast so if you if you want some views while you eat you might head down to that one if you're shopping at Tanger Outlets, there's no view at that one, but it's the food is still really good. So it's probably one of the better selections of places you can eat at Tanger. And then last but not least, Crazy Crab is a huge favorite of my boys. As a non-seafood eater, I find their non-seafood options to be extremely limited. Like I think they have a chicken breast and a steak and that's it. Most of their salads even have seafood on them. So one caution I'd have is I just kind of go along my, as I mentioned, my boys and my husband love seafood. So I try to, we try to visit those places when we're near the coast and the seafood's fresh. We don't go to this one every year because it doesn't have a lot of great options for me if I'm going along with them just to hang out. So I will say the view is spectacular. So there are two crazy crabs. There's one in Sea Pines, right by, I believe it's right in the middle of Harbor Town. It really doesn't have any views to speak of, but you're in, if you really love Harbor Town, you're in Harbor Town. So there's that. But the one I like is the one between Bluffton and Hilton Head Island. And I like it not just because it's very, it's a lot closer to where we're staying, but it's also right on a salt marsh and on the intercoastal waterway. And the views are really nice. So you can look out and um, really just enjoy boats going by, enjoy the birds, enjoy, you know, the occasional shipping, fishing boat coming back. I would, I would go there over the one down in Harbortown any day of the week. The one call out I would give is I didn't really mention Harbortown. When we were there this year, there was a big golf tournament going on. So we couldn't have gone to Harbortown if we'd wanted to. They were pretty, the traffic was really heavy down there. We weren't, we just kind of avoided that part of the island. I personally can take it or leave it. To me, it's nice to visit it now and then, uh, but there's not a lot of shopping in there. Some people like to go there for shopping. I don't find that there's a lot that I really love to look at there. And there's an extra fee to enter, but the stuff you find in there is not really all that different from stuff in other areas. It also has good bike paths. So I will say, just like the rest of the island, it has a lot of bike paths, but the views are a lot different. A lot more Spanish moss hanging from the trees, which makes it kind of a different aura. There are a couple nature preserves. There's actually a ruin in that area that's from way back 
in Gullah times, like pre-Civil War type era. That And that is really an interesting thing. There's not a lot of like interpretive stuff there, but if you go back in there, you can actually see some of the early ruins. And I, I believe there's like a little placard that tells about them. But the other thing to remember is even if you're biking, there's an entry fee into the area. So if you're biking, take a couple dollars along so that you can pay to get in. I almost forgot to mention there are a couple other restaurants that we go to sometimes, but not often. So they're not like on our favorite list, but they're ones that are good and worth checking out. Uh, one is Oko. So if you like hibachi, they have a pretty nice hibachi restaurant called Oko. They also have One Hot Mama's if you like barbecue which is a kind of fun barbecue restaurant that is on the southern part of the island. We did not do this this year, but I would like to mention one of my boys' favorite activities on the island that we actually didn't discover until about five years ago. So I think it's been here a little longer than that. It's coming up on close to 10 years it's been on the island, but we didn't find, we didn't really find out about it until the boys were kind of in the middle school age range. In Broad Creek, which is, which is basically on the intercoastal waterway side of the island, it's a little bit north of Shelter Cove, there's an aerial adventure Hilton Head location. They have zip lines and they have, I believe they have go-karting, but they also have a really great ropes course. My kids love it. So they, they have six different courses and the courses have four different levels. So they have green that are kind of the kid-friendly, easier ones that are only 12 feet up. They have blue, which are a little higher. They're 24 feet up and they're, quali they're classified as intermediate. And then they have single black and double black diamond um, for experts. They're more challenging courses and they're both um, 36 feet up in the air. The thing I think is fun, they have a lot of great and unique obstacles. Like you have to jump on, like kind of jump onto or climb onto a kayak and ride the kayak down a little section of it or uh, you just see some obstacles that you don't see necessarily on every single obstacle course you've ever done. Within within reason for your age group, and I'll touch on this, you can do as many combinations of the different courses as you want for during your time slot. So if you love the Double Black Diamonds, you can do it over and over again for the entire, you can buy a one hour package or a two hour package. Or if you're, you want to try start slow, you can start on green. And I think the last time my boys went, they started on green and went through all of them all the way to, all the way to double black, I think. Yeah. Double black the last time. And then single black that time before. So the last time we went, they went all the way up to single black. And I'll talk a little bit about why, part of why they were mad. They couldn't go back this year. Like this area was under, this establishment was under refurbishment this year. And so we couldn't go this year. And um, that was kind of a bummer for us, but we'll definitely be going back next year. So in any case, you can do any combination you want for the two, one or two hours. My boys really like the two hours, but I will say if you have a younger kid, you might want to consider probably the shorter time. And here's why. So you have to be at least five, take part in it, and you do have to be under 265 pounds. The five and six-year-olds can only do green they can only do green with an adult with them. So if you have a kid that's younger, you will probably have to go through with them all the way up to nine. So five and six have to have an adult with them and they can only do green. Seven to nine can do green or blue, but they have to have an adult with them. Once they get up to 10 to 13, they can do green or blue with an adult on site. So like when my kids did that, I was just sitting down below watching them because I didn't feel like going up on the ropes. 
And they can do single black if they have an adult escorting them with, with them through it. So if they get stuck, they can help them. In 14 to 15, they can do all of the courses up to single black without an adult escort, but they have to have an adult escort and double black. And then once they're 16, they can do anything solo. So just, just plan. If your kids are on the older end of that spectrum, plan to at least be on site because they'll need you on site to be able to do anything. If you're in the younger spectrum, especially, they're not going to be able to do anything unless you're doing it too. So plan to when you book your reservation, plan to book one for yourself as well. And then if you have a, like an older kid that isn't 16 yet, but wants to do double black or single black, keep in mind that they will need you to be on the course too. So that's just helpful to know so you don't get there and get surprised or they don't have any openings left for adults. They do sell out a lot. Make sure you book in advance. We usually try to book at least a couple days in advance. Some some years we've even called in before we got there and, and booked it and their website is myadventurehiltonhead.com. So just check it out if you're interested in it. Like I said, it's a big favorite um, just because of the variety of things they offer. We actually have not done the zip lines or the go-karts, which I think the go-karts might be new. But we haven't done either of those. We've only done the rope course, so I can't speak to the other two. We've seen the zip line. We just haven't done it. And we've been going since my kids were in that kind of 10 to 13 range. And that, so this... Generally, it's just a sample of my favorite things on the island. Like I said, we've been going for 20 years, so we've been to so many different things. It's hard to just narrow it down to a few. I will say there is another place that's called the Toy Box if you're going with very young children that I didn't mention here, but my kids really loved when they were little. Um, it's a very imaginative um interactive play experience so especially if it's raining one day and you have little littles um like i'd say six and under they had like when we went they had painting and they had like a ship they could crawl around in and uh, different kind of imaginative dress up things and stuff like that but so they moved that to the tanger outlets it used to be in the middle of the island so that's something you might want to check out there are just several wildlife refuges and things like that um, in the past, we have also done things like we had a really fun dolphin tour where we went out looking for dolphins and just spent like a good half the day sailing around on a little boat or, or a couple hours sailing around on a boat with that. We also have once done an alligator tour where we went around in the Sea Pines area and looked, did, saw quite a few alligators. They're not that hard to find, but we um, saw some alligators, saw some baby alligators fairly up close in the water so that was pretty interesting and we something unique that we've done in the past Hilton Head's also great because it's an easy day trip to visit like Beaufort which is just really close about like an hour maybe trip away and then it's also a good jumping off point for like Charleston or Savannah if you want to kind of hit one of those places while you're while you're in Hilton Head most years we don't do that because we have so much to do in Hilton Head and we just really enjoy being on the island. Um, but we have been known to like go over to Savannah to do a tour or something or restaurants like Paula Dean's restaurant is there and it's very good. Um, so just, just some ideas of things to check out. I'd love to, um, if you haven't been there before, Hilton Head's my favorite beach and I, I highly recommend it if you can't tell from the podcast. We have had a lot of fun as well kind of watching the kids grow up going there and uh, still love to do a lot of the same things which is really fun so that is all for today we have been doing a little more traveling this summer so I apologize for the delay between podcasts with um, COVID and everything our travel was limited and so there weren't a lot of new places 
on the docket, so to speak. But we have done some traveling this summer, so I'm going to be working on some episodes on our trip to the Southwest United States. And I have another upcoming trip to a couple of um, Civil War battlefields and things like that. So we, ha- we should have some upcoming episodes to share some of that information with everyone. And I hope everyone is able to get out and about a little more or we'll be able to get out and about soon. Thanks for listening and happy travels. Mm-hmm.